Welcome to this series of Bible lessons on the New Testament. In these 42 lessons, we will teach the history of the Lord Jesus as delivered to us in the four Gospels. We will start with the days that led up to Christ's humble birth in Bethlehem. We will then look at his blessed ministry, his suffering, his death, and resurrection. His humble life on earth concludes with his ascension, and after this, the blessed outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, we will teach the calling and ministry of the greatest evangelist that ever lived, Paul the Apostle. These last lessons are taught from the book of Acts and include Paul's missionary journeys. Be sure to use the lesson guide with questions and knowledge exercises presented with these lectures. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. In Lesson 22 of our Bible study on the life and the ministry of Christ, we wish to focus on the final teachings of Jesus. And we will see this first in the parable of the wicked husbandman, which is recorded in Mark 12, verses 1 through 12, and then questioning Jesus in Mark 12, verse 13 through 44. Then first, the parable of the wicked husbandman. In Mark 12, verses 1 through 12, Jesus knows that his time is at hand. He is in Jerusalem, waiting for the Passover, and he knows that there his life will be taken. Oh, there he will be called to give his life. And he knows that the Jewish rulers are waiting for an opportunity to catch him and to kill him. And so he tells this parable as one last warning for those Jewish rulers to show them that he knows what lies ahead, but also to warn them that God will judge them for what they do. Then in this parable, he says, there was a man who planted a vineyard and he built a wall or a hedge around that vineyard. He dug a hole for the wine press and then he even built a tower as a watchtower for that vineyard. And then he rented this vineyard out to a husbandman to take care of the vineyard, uh, to grow the vines and to gather the fruits. But this man himself went on a long journey. And when it was a time for the harvest, then this man sent one of his servants to the husbandman to collect his wages, his portion of the vineyard's fruit. And when this servant came, the husbandman took him and beat him and cast him out of the vineyard and sent him away empty. Oh, the Lord has sent another servant, and that servant the husbandman took and stoned and cast out. And this Lord sent more servants, and some of them <clears throat> were beaten, and others were stoned and killed. And finally, this Lord says, 
I have one son, my well-beloved son. I will send him to the husbandmen. They will respect him because he is my son. They will give him my wages. But when the husbandman sees the son coming, oh, then he says to his servants, Look, there is the son of the Lord. If we kill him, then the vineyard will be ours. And so when the son comes closer, they take him and they kill him and cast him out of the vineyard. And then Jesus asks, what do you think the Lord of the vineyard will do then? Well, he will come himself with his servants and he will take that husbandman and he will cast him out and destroy him. And he will take that vineyard and he will give it to others. What does Jesus mean with this parable? Well, you see, this vineyard is the Jewish nation. God has planted the Jewish nation. He has built a wall around it. He has set the temple in the midst of it. And he has led it out to husbandmen. He has appointed rulers and priests to care for this nation. But then he has also sent his servants, the prophets, to warn them. And the Jewish rulers have taken these prophets and some of them they have beaten, and others they have killed, and they have cast them out. And then God has sent his only well-beloved son, Jesus Christ, that he would come uh, to warn and to teach. And then the Jewish rulers will take that son, Jesus Christ, and they will kill him. Oh, there we see the meaning of that parable. Then Jesus is teaching one more time and warning one more time that he knows what lies ahead and that these Jewish rulers will be responsible for their actions. Oh, then the Jewish rulers, they knew that Jesus spoke this against them. And then they were angry and they sought more to find a reason to kill Jesus. Oh, we have uh, two lessons in here for us as well. First, Jesus says, the stone which the builders rejected will become the head of the corner. And so Jesus is that rock of salvation. He is that stone and he has been rejected, but he will become the head of that Christian church, the head of God's kingdom. But then he also warns us that as the Jews have rejected the gospel, God will take that gospel and we will see in the New Testament how that it goes to the ends of the earth. But then that is also true today. If we reject the gospel, then God will take it and it will go to the ends of the earth for his house will be full. Oh, then Jesus Christ will be the head of that corner and his kingdom will come. In part two, we see the questioning of Jesus in Mark 12, verse 13 through 44. 
And because the Jews had long been looking for an opportunity, they could not catch Jesus in his works because all his works and teachings were good. Therefore they sent certain people to him now to tempt him, to see if they could catch him in his words. And so the first ones who come to Jesus are the Herodians. These are the followers of Herod. They are Jews who have been listening to Herod and following Herod. And they come to Jesus with this question. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar? Uh, we would have to understand that question because if Jesus now would say it is not lawful to give tribute to Caesar, uh, then Jesus would be rebelling against the Roman government. <clears throat> but if Jesus now says it is lawful, oh, then they would say he is betraying the Jewish nation. But what does Jesus answer? Jesus says, bring me a penny. And when they bring that penny, he looks at it and he shows it to them and he says, whose superscription is on there? Just like when we use one of our coins, uh, we can tell which country that coin belongs to uh, because there is a superscription of the state or of the ruler on there. Well, that's what Jesus does. He holds that coin. He says, whose image is on this coin? And they said, Caesar's. Then Jesus says to them, he says, Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and render unto God what is God's. And so Jesus clearly answers that we may pay tribute to Caesar and be loyal and faithful to God. The second group that comes to tempt him are the Sadducees. And we know that the Sadducees are those who deny and reject the resurrection of the dead. They do not believe in it. And so they come to Jesus with a question and they say, you know, Moses said that if a man was married to a woman and he died without children, then the brother of that man should marry that woman uh, to bring forth children for him. And they say there was a family of seven brothers. The oldest took a wife, and he died having no children. And so the second one took her to be his wife, but he also died without children. And so all seven of them had her as a wife. Finally, she also died, and they had no children. And then their question is, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? Oh, Jesus says, you err, because you don't understand the scriptures, because there will be no marriage in the resurrection. The dead will rise and be as angels. There will be no marriage. They will all be worshiping the Lamb. <clears throat> but Jesus goes on and says, You have all read how that Moses, when he was standing at the burning bush, 
Then God spoke to him and said, I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. And then Jesus meant and said, he says, God is a God of the living, not of the dead. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are alive. They are in heaven. They will rise again. And then we see the third group coming, and that is a certain scribes. They know the law, and they come and ask Jesus, what is the first commandment? What is the greatest commandment? And then Jesus says, to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. But, Jesus says, the second commandment is like unto it, is equal to it, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. So here Jesus says that we cannot separate the two laws. They are one, because how can you show love to God with your heart and with your soul? Only by loving your neighbor. And then Jesus continues to warn those scribes, and he says, How is it that you call Jesus the son of David? David himself called him his Lord. Yes, he will be of the seed of David, but by faith David could see that Jesus would be his Lord in heaven in glory. And then Jesus turns to his disciples and he warns them about the scribes. He says, beware of the scribes. They walk in long clothing. They like to sit in chief seats. They devour the widow's houses. They do this all as show. It does not come from the heart. It is not sincere. Beware that they do not deceive you. Then Jesus is sitting outside of the temple, and he is watching as the people are putting money into the treasury. And he sees that some put in more and others put in less. But there he sees a poor widow walking to that treasury. And she has two coins, Two mites is the Bible's word, pennies, and she throws them into the treasury. And then Jesus says, look at that woman. She has given more than all those other people. Oh, they may have given much, but they gave it out of their abundance. They still have much more left, but this woman, she gave everything she had. She gave her whole living. Oh, he says, she will be blessed because she gave from the heart. She gave out of love, not out of duty. And there is the warning for you and for me. When we give for God and for his service, uh, that we may do it with the heart, that we may not calculate what we give, but that we may give willing, because God says that he will bless the willing and the cheerful giver.
Thank you.